0: It's time for the truth, is I dude, you're listening to yeah. listening to Haney. Haney.
2: Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast. Hank Haney here with you today, and I'm going to give you a little recap, my thoughts on the first round of the RBC Heritage, the uh, second tournament back from the coronavirus uh, break that we've uh, been on, and uh, they're playing at Hilton Head, a Harbortown course, Pete Dye, Jack nicholas uh, design, one of the tightest courses on tour, a lot of water, a lot out of bounds, not a lot of drivers off the tee, I talked about that yesterday, and it's two tournaments in a row now where you've played a golf course that's Kind of similar, more of a small greens, got to shape your shots, not just bomb it with the driver. Kind of gives the top players in the world or the top-ranked players in the world a little bit of a disadvantage, I would say, just because it's not really playing their game. And I'm talking about uh, Roy McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, and all those players. Uh, had a little struggle in the first one. Dustin Johnson, not bad. Three under par. Uh he plays Harbor Town pretty decent. Uh, but uh Rahm or even par, he's uh, outside the top 70, top is to cut after after two rounds. He's tied for 85th, so he's got some some work to do. Uh, Roy McRoy tied for 101st. Of course, last week he finished 32nd. That was his first time outside the top five in like in like forever. But I, I could kind of see this coming with uh, some of these players just because of the fact that they're playing golf courses the last couple of weeks that they're not familiar with, that they haven't played a lot, and that aren't necessarily golf courses that are great for their game. And every player on the PGA Tour does the same thing. Uh, they, they go through the, the tour when they start or f- the first few years of playing they analyze what courses they feel best on, which courses fit their game best. And those are the ones they play. Uh, but this year's different and, and everybody's going to be playing a lot and they're going to be playing golf courses that, well, for some of them, you'll never see them back again, you know, outside of, uh, unforeseen circumstances like we have, have this year. And that's just the, the way it is now on the PGA tour. Here's what happens in, in the, in the first round. Uh, the winner on the PGA Tour will usually come from the top 10 after the first round. Now, the top 10 after the first round is not necessarily going to be just 10 players. Like uh, after the first round at uh, RBC Heritage, there was 15 players that were tied for 10th or better. Uh, Something like 85% of the time, 90% of the time, I don't know what the exact number is, but it's very high. And of course it's always fluctuating but it's a high number uh, of the winners come from the the top 10. Now you could stretch you know the top 10 out a little bit and and really cover the odds even even, even greater but uh, top 10 was 5 under par after one round. You know, 7 unders leading so it's a, a, a tightly grouped uh you know pattern there of players and you could, if you put the four unders in there, you you, you could capture a, a quite a few top players too. That would, you know, theoretically have a chance. One of them is Daniel Berger, who won last week at Colonial. Uh, Brooks Koepka shot four under par. Ricky Fowler shot four under par, right. and Bryson Chambeau. A uh, four under par. So you got four really good names there that are lurking just outside the top 10. One shot out of the top ten. Uh, maybe you include those guys if you go to two shots out of the top ten. You got Colin Morikawa who lost in a playoff last week uh, to Daniel Berger, and then you've got Dustin Johnson at uh, at, at three under par. So in all, in all likelihood, if you count all those those guys I just I just said, and that would be uh, twenty one names in all likelihood, the winner of this tournament is going to come from that group of 21 players. Now, you know you hear it all the time. You know This guy can play himself back in. You got plenty of time. You got 54 holes to go. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. But I'm talking about the odds. The odds are that anything won't happen. Here's what the odds say. The odds say that the winner will come most likely from the top 10. And if you want to stretch it, uh, to the top 20 or top 21 and include those names that I just mentioned Berger, kepka fowler uh, dshembo uh, morikala and, and dustin johnson those are all great names in all likelihood that you got you can pick the winner out of that group right there so you go through and I go through and I analyze and, and I look at the statistics and they're posted right on on pgatour.com you can you got to hunt for them a little bit but you can find them and you see exactly how the players got their scores. And then what I do is I analyze. Okay, this is how they got to their good score the first round, and is it sustainable? Uh, is it likely that they'll they'll be a, a fallback, and, and you know, in one of the next next uh, three rounds, based on the fact that maybe they did it all putting wise, or you know, their, their ball striking really wasn't that good, and 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 they just got away with a, a good score. Or, you know, maybe they hit it great and didn't putt good. And I, I in, in my mind, I think, well, you know, if they could just keep hitting it like that and have maybe one or two good putting rounds, they could they could be right there. But I'll take you through some of the players. Um, first off, let's look at look at uh, Ian Poulter. He's leading seven under par, hit 64% of his fairways, 78% of his greens, very good. 2.4 putts, strokes gained on the putting. 2.4 that's a good number. I mean that's a big that's a big number that's a good putting day. And one thing you want to do is you you want to capitalize when you have that kind of a day when you have 2.4 strokes gained putting on the field, you want that to be a good round. I mean, you know, if if you are 2.4 strokes gained putting on the field, and you shot even par. You're probably in a load of, of trouble in terms of having any chance to play your way back into the into the tournament. But just, but uh, Poulter did it, and and you know had a good round. Will he sustain that putting? Will he sustain the 78 percent of his greens and regulation? In all likelihood, no. Uh, you know that's just what his history says on the PJ Tour. And of course, he's you know his his best years are are, are probably behind him. Mark Hubbard tied for Poulter on, on the lead. Uh, hit 55 percent of his greens not very good i mean that's 10 greens and he, he, to, to hit 10 greens and shoot seven under par and we were talking yesterday on my podcast when i had my my friend jonathan on we were analyzing his his golf game and he's about a four or five handicap and he's he's telling me he hits 12 or 13 greens of regulation and he's shooting four or five handicaps so he's shooting 76-77, hitting 12 or 13 greens in regulation. Here's Mark Hubbard uh, yesterday. He hits 11, uh, 10 greens in regulation and shoots seven under par. so we'll just figure that out. Now he's 4.1 strokes gained putting uh, for the first round. Uh, is that sustainable? The answer to that question is, in all likelihood, no. That's not sustainable. Uh, okay, let's, let's go look at the six unders. The players that are one shot elite. So, Sebastian Munoz, 67% of the greens, 50% of the fairways, 0.2 strokes gained putting. Uh, Didn't light it up in any phase of the the game, but you could look at that and you could say, okay, you know, I'd give him a better chance than Hubbard because Hubbard did it mostly with the putter. Okay. Although 67% of the greens is not great. Victor Hovland, tied for six under par, hits 78% of his greens. Had to, had to do 2.5 strokes gain putting on the first round to get to one behind. You know, probably, you know, not a great sign right there because he did putt really well, although he did turn it into six under. So, you know, you could look at him and you could say, you know what, he could be around for the for the weekend, have a chance to, to win this. Uh, Michael Thompson, another one, 78% of the greens, 71% of the fairways, very good. 3.4 strokes gain putting. So he, he, he putted great. He's one shot out of the lead. Can he sustain that? Well, I mean, we'll we'll see. Here's Webb Simpson. Now, this is somebody you, you want to keep an eye on right here for this tournament. And When I look at the statistics, he's the one that pops out right away. 83% of his greens, 86% of his fairways, 0.3 strokes gained putting. Not very good with the putter, although okay, uh, but great with the ball striking. He is a great ball striker. He's also a great putter. And he did not have a great putting day yesterday. So what's probably going to happen with Webb Simpson is he's going to have a good putting day, uh, in all likelihood, at least one good putting day in the last three days. And if he keeps hitting the ball like that, he's gonna be okay. He's gonna be right there. Now, let's say he doesn't hit it as good. If he doesn't hit it as good, and he might not, because he hit 86% of his fairways and 83% of his greens. If he doesn't hit it as good, he can cover it up with a better putting day than he had, and he's very, very capable of doing that. So there's a lot of combinations that can get Webb Simpson uh, into this tournament. He's already into it. He's only one shot behind, uh, but that's a, that's a great start for him and and you know he he pops out at me when I when I look at that. Another one that that pops out is is Ryan Palmer. Now Ryan Palmer hit 71 percent of his greens, 88 percent of his or he had 88 percent of his greens, 71 percent of his fairways. He was minus 0.5 strokes gained putting. So you could say, well, boy, he hit the ball great. If he could just putt a little better in uh, the next three rounds, he could be right there. The problem is, and the difference between him and Webb Simpson, they're both great ball strikers, but uh, Ryan Palmer's not a good putter. Uh, So the chances that he's going to turn the putting around, you know, is a a little bit more uh, remote than it would be with – A player uh, like like Webb Simpson. All right, we're going to take a little break, uh, hear from our sponsors. Uh, Remember, you can go to HaneyUniversity.com and register to receive my free uh, instructional emails. You can do it right there. And you can also uh, look up some Father's Day specials if uh, you're looking for somebody to maybe give you something. If you're a father or you're listening and you've got a father that you want to do something for, uh, we've got the best uh, push card there is, the quick fold. And like we're the only ones that have it, we got the best price. So how about that? HaneyUniversity.com. So go there and and, uh, and check that out. We'll be right back on the Hank Any Podcast.
0: At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
2: All right, The next thing I want to get into is uh, Jordan Spieth. I, I, I said uh, the other day that you know he he didn't strike the ball that great, but he you know got it, managed a top ten finish at Colonial. It was at the uh, Charles Schwab Challenge. Not a great, honestly, not a great finish, considering the fact that he was number one in putting for the week, uh, but but here he is at 500 par after after the first round. I mean, Jordan Speeth is an absolute competitor. He is an absolute warrior. I mean, he will give you everything he's got and he does it all the time and it's one of the things I admire so much about Jordan Speeth. He just needs to hit the ball a little bit better. I mean, here he, here he goes again, 57% of his fairways. Now remember, this is a golf course where you're not Hitting even a lot of drivers, and he could only get it in the in the fairway fifty seven percent of the time. You look at everybody in the in the in the top ten. Uh, Finau hit forty three percent. Fratelli hit fifty seven percent. Hovland hit fifty seven percent. Munoz hit fifty percent. Okay. But there's 15 players in the top 10, and every one of them hit, hit more than that. So beast on the on the low end, and, and most importantly, at out-of-bounds. This was on the third hole. Not that bad of a drive, I guess. At least he didn't think so. Took a horrendous kick, kicked 25 yards right out-of-bounds. But he's already at his limit. You're not going to win. And what I mean by that is you're not going to win a PGA Tour event with – you know, three penalty strokes and three three putts. It's just not going to happen. You, you can't, you add up your penalty show strokes, three putts and two chips. You got to keep it to a minimum. And if you don't, you're not going to win these golf tournaments. It's just not going to happen. So the problem is on the third hole of the 72 hole event, he's already backed himself up against the wall with an out of bounds. Even though it was a, a, a horrendous kick, it was a bad kick. And he ended up making six birdies in a row after a triple bogey on the third hole. Great, great comeback. He's right there to to put himself in position. Hit 83% of the green. So he hit the ball great with his irons. Just once again, struggle with the driver a little bit. 1.5 strokes gained putting. Uh, not as good as last week, but still pretty darn darn good with, with the putter. Uh, Spieth at, at five under apart. Can he... Can he sustain that? Can he get there to to the top of the leaderboard? It's tough. It's tough when when you have when you've already notched two penalty strokes uh, in the first round. Well, let alone the first uh, three holes of the of the tournament. Because you're not you know you you hit another ball out of bounds and the tournament's over. You you hit a ball in the water. It's it's pretty much over. You you know rack up a couple three putts on top of your penalty strokes and now you're just you know you've 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 sort of pissed away four shots, and you can't spot deep fields, which they have right now on the on the PGA Tour because everybody's playing. You can't spot deep fields on hard golf courses. You cannot spot them, you know, four shots that you've that you've wasted or thrown away to win. But at, at any rate, a good a good round by uh, Jordan Spieth. One of the players to, to look at is Matthew Fitzpatrick. He hit 89% of his greens. He was one of the tournament favorites coming in, plays good on this golf course. 1.1 strokes gained putting, so a, a pretty good putting day, but a, a real good ball striking day with 89% of his, his greens. And of all the leaders, uh, everybody who is in the top 10, and, and you know, remember, those people are the ones that have a bigger chance to win. Of all those people, uh, Fitzpatrick hit the most most amount of green, so it's um, pretty good, pretty good for for him, and it bodes well, most likely for uh, his his future in this tournament. I mean, he's 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 somebody to definitely definitely keep an eye on. So when I look at these top ten, you know, Fitzpatrick stands out. Um, who else stands out? Webb Simpson stands out. Those are two guys that that stand out to me right now. Well, who knows? You never know, but. Those are two guys that i look at and i say, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised to see them uh, there on, on Sunday with a, with a chance to win. We'll get into s- to how th- some of the big guys did and what they're facing uh, when we come back on, on the Hank Haney Podcast. Remember to to check out my uh, website, VoodooPainRelief.com, if you want to get your free uh, two-week supply. If you haven't tried it out, if you've got aches and pains, muscle pain, arthritis, pain, whatever it might be. And you've probably tried pain relief creams before in the past, but nothing works like Voodoo pain relief cream. So you get a free two-week supply just by going to painrelief.com. All right, we'll be right back on the Hank any Podcast. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic.
0: Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
2: Let's talk about some of the big guys. Uh, Patrick Reed, number six in the world. You know, he hit 61% of his greens. He's one under par for the tournament. Uh, 0.7 strokes gained putting. Uh, he's been on a roll, working his way up the world golf ranking list. And, uh, you know, a player that I thought this course would probably fit pretty good. He's hit 64% of his fairways. Yeah, you look at him and you think, hey, you know what, he he'll, he'll he'll probably he'll probably play better tomorrow, but he's probably already put himself in a position where he's playing for a good finish. Cuz that's just what happens when you're that far uh, out and he's four shots out of the top 10. Remember, by 85% of the winners come from the top 10 after the first round. So he's put himself uh, pretty pretty far out. Justin Rose the same thing. Justin Rose who hit the ball great uh last week And announced that he wasn't working with uh, Sean Foley anymore and had been practicing on his own. Everything worked out pretty good at at Colonial. Well, it didn't work out quite as good uh, in the first round at uh, Harbortown. He only hit 50% of his his, uh, greens and he did not putt great, uh, minus two strokes putting. He hasn't putted as good this year. Or struck the ball as good as as, as we've come accustomed to, to seeing him do. So it hasn't hasn't been good, but you know he still hangs in there. You know hits nine greens, shoots one under par. Man alive! Amazing what these guys can do, even when they don't have it. And that's a sign of a great player for sure. John Rahm uh, missed the cut last week. Top player. I mean, you know, you look at the, the world golf rankings. I mean, he's 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 sitting right there. I mean that's you know he, he's he's a guy that's got a you know chance to to make a, a run at Rory McIlroy, uh, but missed the cut last week, and he's tied for 85th this week. Uh, the cut after one round would have been uh, one under par. Usually you'll double that. So you'd say the cut would be two under par. John Rahm's got to shoot two under par tomorrow in all likelihood just to make the cut, just to make it make it to the weekend. So once again, he is not putting great. Hit 89% of his greens. Pretty good. Uh, but minus uh, .8 strokes gain putting. And I'm sure there was a penalty shot in there somewhere to get to that, uh, that uh, score. Because when you hit 89% of your greens, you're not supposed to shoot even par. That's a likelihood there was, there was a penalty shot. Roy McIlroy, uh, one over par, tied for 101st, not good for him. 50% of his fairways, 61% of his his uh, greens, minus 0.5 strokes gained putting. You know, he's Roy McIlroy, anything could happen, but uh, playing a golf course that isn't really suited for him. His tournament is probably over. Well, I mean, in all likelihood, it is over. Uh, Xander Shoffley. I was wondering who's going to have the bigger hangover, him or Morikawa, because both of them felt like they should have won that tournament last week at at, uh, Colonial. Morikawa misses uh, the short pot and loses in a playoff. Shoffley missed the short pot, didn't get to the playoff. Shoffley had 67% of his greens. One over par. He's got. He's got to come with something. I mean, you know, McIlroy and and Choffley need to shoot 300 par just to make the cut. As does Justin Thomas, who hit 39% of his greens, and he's been playing great as of uh, you know, really the whole season. Um, And he, you know, played good last week too, but but um, not putting great. Every time I see him stand over a putt, I I, for some reason I don't get the feeling that he's going to make it. You know, I I wish I saw that differently, but I just don't. I mean, I'm a big fan of his, but he didn't hit the ball good either. 50% of his greens, 39% of his fairways, only shoots one over par. 39% of his greens, he hits 50% of his fairways, hits shoots one over par. How about that? Seriously. I mean, what what, what is that? Uh, seven greens in regulation. He missed eleven greens in regulation. Missed eleven greens in regulation. You gotta you gotta get. I mean, to shoot one over par. I mean, you, you gotta you going to you gotta get ten out of eleven up and in. <laughs> wow, that's that's scoring. Now there's small greens. There's probably quite a few he could putt from right off the edge. Uh, short chips. I don't care. Uh, that's uh, that. That's unbelievable to hit seven greens, miss eleven greens, and only shoot one over par. Doesn't give you a lot of confidence that it's going to turn around for the for the rest of the week. So uh, he'll be looking forward to a golf course that's more suited for him. A lot of these players will be, uh, Rahm. Uh, Rory and Justin Thomas are the the three that that come to mind in, in in that area. But I like watching these courses. I like I like I like seeing the top players play and have to play a little different way. And that's one of the things you see on the PGA Tour. Like I said, everybody plays the courses that are best for them, and they play the course that's best for their style. And if they don't have to adjust their style. Then you know it's it, it's it's to their advantage. Well, you, you got to adjust your style a little bit on Colonial and and Harbour They're two short, uh, difficult golf. Although a lot of people think they're they're some of the best courses on on tour. I was I was listening to, to somebody go off on on that uh, today, uh, and I would have to agree. I mean, they're fun courses to play, but they're definitely not uh, not bombers' paradises. Which is makes it even more impressive when you look at. The fact that uh, DeChambeau, who's just launching it out of sight, and everybody's talking about it this is all anybody can talk about. Uh, but Deschamps is, is is just killing it with the driver, and he hit, you know, he hit 83% of his greens, 57% of his fairways. He shoots 4-under par. He keeps he keeps uh, trucking right along. So it's gonna be fun to watch. So that's my little recap for the uh, first round, and uh, we'll be. Uh, We'll be watching away. We'll see who's see who's going to win. Keep your eye on a couple that I, I mentioned. Fitzpatrick, Webb Simpson. Keep our eye on those guys. Statistically, after the first round, they're the ones that are, are catching my, my eye so far. All right. Hope everybody enjoyed the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Hank Haney. Email your questions to at Outlook.com and hit the follow button on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be there every day with the Hank Haney Podcast. Hope everybody, everybody has a great day. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk tomorrow on the Hank Any Podcast. The Hank Any Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.